What is up, internets? Welcome to the Randy King Live podcast. This week we have on the show my friend Sean Stark, who I'll introduce in a second. I just, of course, as always, want to go over the basic format of the show. So number one, thank you so much for listening. If this is your fourth, fifth, thirteenth episode, thank you for subscribing. Don't forget the Patreon stuff. If this is your first episode, this the debate show format is a little bit different than a lot of the formats that are out there right now. So I really need everybody listening or viewing this to understand that we are debating a topic. We are not debating our personal views on this topic. So the really interesting part of the show is I wish to increase conversation in the self-defense industry and the martial arts industry. What we're finding in this industry is either A, we agree with each other, or B, you are an idiot and nobody's ever going to talk to you. And so there doesn't seem to be any growth or conversation in this field. The point of this show is for me to bring friends on, like my friend Sean here to have open, honest debates about certain topics so we could try and find either a higher truth and or you can make your own decision of what you think. I'm going to pigeonhole my guests into debating one side of the topic. So this will not become a I agree with you, you agree with me type show. The whole point is that you are going to debate your side fiercely, even if it goes against our own personal views. So if when Sean says something smart, I can't be like, oh, I totally agree. Let's now talk about this together for the next little bit. I have to debate my point the entire time, which again is a really fun part of the show because people have to think on their feet and it changes the conversation. If you want to hear our actual thoughts on what we're doing, that comes in the final thoughts portion of the show, which is available on Patreon at my $5 level. So feel free to sign up on Patreon and you can get that. So rule number one is we start as friends, we leave as friends. These debates get a little heated sometimes because sometimes the guest is arguing their actual belief, which means they might get a little heated. So if the person gets heated, they tend to fall in what we call a logic fallacy. There's 15 logic fallacies I sent ahead of time to my guest. If he or myself get caught in one of these logic fallacies, we have to take a page out of Rory Miller's book and activate his con-com training. So you're going to take a deep breath. You're going to say, sorry, I got a little upset there. I use a logic fallacy. Then you're going to compliment the person on the other side of the screen and then give up your turn in the conversation. So if you're on a heat, hot topic, the ball is rolling and you drop a logic fallacy, then you get into trouble and we have to continue the process back. So we go through the con-com situation. There are 15 logic fallacies. If you don't know what those are, please check out episode one. I explain each one of the each one of the logic fallacies that we've chosen to use. There are other logic fallacies out there. I chose not to use them for the point of the conversation. Example, moving the goalpost. Moving the goalpost is totally allowed on this show so we can get a higher level of conversation. So now that you understand that, we start as friends, we leave as friends. We're not allowed to use logic fallacies. I'm pigeonholing my guests into one side of the topic, no matter what they believe, because me and Sean agree. We, we more agree than disagree. So the, the show wouldn't be very fun if we're just totally agreeing with each other. We want to have some kind of debate. So I'm going to bring on my guest now, Sean. Sean, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about you? Uh, well, uh, my name is Sean Stark. I teach uh, guerrilla self-protection, and mostly for myself. I focus on anti-trafficking, sexual violence, things like that. Um, to me, self-protection uh, should have a course of action that impacts society for a greater good. So um, it should not be self-serving fully. So uh, that's kind of my bent 
Um, so I got guys who are interested in anti-bullying and things like that, and that's all cool. Cool. And we met through your project, Gorilla Salat. Do you want to tell them a little bit about the Gorilla Salat Human Trafficking Program? Yeah, so Gorilla Salat was kind of the original iteration. We went down to Quito, Ecuador, and um, worked with Ben Myers down there to create a program specifically for street kids, um, mostly uh, ones who have already been trafficked and in recovery, uh, to basically empower them, teach them skills, you know, to uh, prevent that from happening again and build confidence, restore them uh, in some fashion, of course. And uh, and then brought it back to the U.S. because uh, I'd really like to see it spread everywhere because really, you know, trafficking is a thing everywhere. So, Which a lot of people don't know. Like the more, the more you look into it, the more articles you start seeing. That's how Google Analytics works, right? The more you research something, the more it shows you something. But if you look yeah. into human trafficking, it's prevalent. Yeah. And the U.S. actually is one of the biggest countries for the purchasing of mm -hmm. trafficked individuals. So uh, there are other countries that rival us to some extent, but the U.S. still, you know, goes where the money is. Mm -hmm. So the money's here. People uh, then have money to spend on things like that as well. And, of course, people want to earn money. So it's a business. They go where the yeah. money is. Exactly. Uh, huge talk. If you want to hear more on this, we had Sean on the talk on Talking to Savages. I don't remember what episode it is right now, but look for Sean Stark. Uh, I feel Talking like it's 69 or somewhere in there. That'd be cool if you were 69. That's a sweet number. Uh, so anyways, today's Actually, topic. my birth year, too. Were you born in 69? I am, yeah. Oh, crazy. Uh, so definitely then the topic today is a topic that Sean and I have actually discussed multiple times outside of uh, outside of the debate show, which is online trading. So today's topic is going to be, uh, I got to make sure I got it correctly, is online trading useful for, or is online trading functional for martial arts? That's the topic we're debating today. Um, Sean, what side of the debate are you taking? As tempted as I am to flip it on you, I, uh, <laughs> will, I will stay with the, it is functional. It's pro. So Sean is going pro on this bad boy. I'm yeah. going to take con. This is, even though I said it earlier in the show, I believe this is kind of our actual stance. Again, I will be arguing things I don't always agree with because I want to make my point. Sean will be doing the same thing. We start as friends. We leave as friends. We have to argue the point. If you catch us in a logic fallacy, so during these debates, especially with me, I'm getting better and better at these as episode 13. I'm definitely becoming a much better debater, which was the goal of the show, um, which better is awesome. Episode. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, exactly. Awesome for me. Bad for the guests sometimes. But if you catch us, listeners, in, the, in a logic fallacy, I need you to reach out to me at Randy King Live, any social media, or hit me up on my email, r.king at kpcombat.ca. Tell me the minute we made the logic fallacy, what the logic fallacy was, and I will pay for my crime and push up. So I'll do a compilation video of all the times we made the mistake. I'll bring it all up on the video. I can show everybody where the mistake was. And then I will pay for my push up. I pay for my crime and push ups. The minute you find whatever minute that uh, the issue is, I will do that many push-ups on camera, and then I will promote you and anything you wish me to promote on the show. So, listeners, pay attention. Read the logic fallacies. Make sure you watch or listen to episode one so you know what the fallacies are. And then interact and send me anytime we've used the fallacy. Sean, I'm going to put 20 minutes on the clock. So, as you know, you get the first up to four minutes with an opening statement. So, your statement, again, should argue the point of, is it functional to train martial arts online? 
Are you ready? Sure. Go. Uh, I'm I want to start a little bit by defining what we mean by functional because I, sure. I feel like there's uh, that's just a, it's vague. And to me, functional means um, gaining use from the study up. That's that's where I'm kind of putting it. Um, do I do I um, associate that with excellence? Again, this is sort of an individual topic because you end up with. Um, the reality that even uh, people who study in a normal class, you have degrees of skill and ability. So the same is true of learning online. Uh, it is a skill unto itself. It is not that everybody who learns, learns in the same way. Uh, so I think that there's some critical components that need to be made in online learning in order for it to be functionally useful. You cannot just have video. You cannot just have text. Right. You cannot just have pictures. You have to have the combinations of all those things and feedback. There has to be a feedback loop in there. And there, the way that I, I've done this for several years now, actually close to 20 uh, in different forms now currently online. And the feedback loops have to be twofold. They have to be biofeedback um, that an individual gets on the spot through the learning process. And there has to be feedback from the instructor. Yep. Those do not have to be the same. Often I run into instructors who, well, I can't, they can't feel the nuance of what I'm doing. But, well, unless you touch every student and teach every student directly, that's not going to happen anyway. Mm -hmm. And some people won't need it, and some people will need it. Um, you cannot uh, rescue every dolphin. It's not going to happen. Sure. And this, this is kind of the deal with online training. But I also know that somebody who has zero training can benefit some from online training where they have no other choice. So I think that there is a reasonable amount of investment that's required. I think that it isn't passive. You have to be very actively intentional about training, about finding training partners, right. about really sweating, like because nobody's sure. going to be there to make you work. So that's kind of my nutshell. I agree. So you at no point describe why online training is good. You've only told the reasons why it's negative and how we need to change it. That's all of my points that you've already made for me. So what, why are you pro online training? You haven't described that at all. Well, the reason that I'm pro online training is because I still think that it's possible. I think that it's not only possible, I think it's doable and it's doable with, um, there are some caveats, you know, and the caveats are real. Those are, those are things. So I, I don't want to disregard those and I don't want to gloss over them, Yeah. but it is, it's possible because I've actually taught people online sure. um, and I've had success with them. Uh, one of one of actually three guys who I've ever certified has predominantly been taught by me online um, as an instructor. I think that uh, I actually was really surprised I had a few people who I thought would finish who didn't finish. They had all the makings. I was really freaking stoked with them 
Right. And then they were like, man, I just decided to quit. It's like, <laughs> okay. So that, sir, that's the end of your opening statement. We're at 16 minutes. So I'm going to quickly do a counter argument, which you've already kind of made for me. So uh, I'm just going to reiterate most of the points that you made because uh, you, you did a lot of my work for me. I appreciate it. So number one, uh, I agree. Feedback loop. And now I need to stress. So we define what functional is. I'm going to define I'm talking about the current state of online training. I'm not talking about the the unicorn you just described. So the current state of online training right now doesn't have a lot of the things that you said. Number one, it only hits two out of three major learning styles. So it only hits audio and visual. It cannot hit tactile. It just can't because of the feedback loop. Number two is the level of discipline to complete an online course is much, much higher than it is to go to a regular class because there's no social pressure. You're not letting a real person down. And a lot of people learn martial arts to learn discipline. They don't walk in with discipline. So I think this is a major failing of teaching martial arts online is that they didn't get the discipline instilled. The other thing that's really bad, a lot of study through Stanford and Harvard show that people who need the most help suffer the most in online courses. So if you're teaching it for a martial arts slash self-defense thing, and we're trying to reach people that need it the most, it is the least functional medium to do that because the people who do online courses, uh, they don't have the, the, the urge to multi multitask is high because their phone is there. Nobody's watching them. The urge to not complete the course is high because there's no social pressure or anything stopping it. The discipline levels are low. And if you're frustrated, the feedback, Feedback loop, not the ones you described, but the current feedback loops that exist on most online training. And because we can't go personal, we can't do ad hominem. I can't use my own experience. I have to use the experience of the industry. In the industry, that is not. The feedback loop does not exist in the way that you stated. Sean. Uh, those people suck. <laughs> <laughs> um well, I, to me, the, the question isn't whether or not the, the current industry is correct. Um, the question is whether or not online learning is functional for sure, yeah. learning martial arts. But we and, can only use the existing industry to prove this function. We can't be like, well, in 30 years with Holodex, obviously it's going to be awesome. We have to use the existing correct, time. Correct, correct. Right? But there are ways to make, uh, to get feedback. And um, so... Like as the way, the way that I personally do it, I use um, I require anybody who studies with me to they have to get a training partner. They have to have at least one. I recommend actually that they have a group because my experience over the years is that that will be their nemesis the whole time that they are trying to get up and running because right. people will bail on them, and um, and so it's very difficult for people to get the training group they need if they have an individual. Um, then what I have found is that the feedback loop is this. I require them to videotape mm -hmm. themselves training with that yep. individual, uh, under pressure, you know, whatever, all the different, whatever the requirements are for that material base. Yes. And so then Sean, Sean, I'm going to call you, I'm going to call you on circular argument. So you just keep going back to you personally. We're not talking yeah. about you yeah. personally. We're talking about the industry. So con com it up. Breath, give me a nice compliment. You have the greatest hair. Oh, thank you. It's so far back now. It's, it's like a French <laughs> army. It's retreating. Yeah, uh, but it looks military-esque. 
Oh, <laughs> thank you very much. It's just because my hair is thin and it doesn't look good anywhere else but this. It's not All a paramilitary right. Anyways, I'm going to let you have your time back, but I really want you to make sure you're focusing on online training, not your version of online training. Also, can you slide back slightly because I can't see your face anymore. There you go. Go. Yes, beautiful. Um, well, I don't have experience in other people's training methods, honestly. Sure. So I don't really know how to do that exactly. Um, I only know through experience of myself you know, having done it, that All right. uh, what the possibilities are. Um, I honestly have no no recourse for what other people do incorrectly. Okay, fair enough. You, but, but, you know, the basis is what is it functional? Is it possible? Yeah. Right? Sure. Po so let's say possible with the existing technology today. Okay, so let's keep working with that then. I guess you can use anecdotal stuff. Uh, weak argument, but you can. So feel free to use that, I guess, but make sure you're really focusing on like what the, what is happening in the industry currently. And, and you, you, know, you know a bit about that for sure. Yeah, well, and I think people are using feedback loops. Um, yeah. I, I, I can think of at least one other guy that I know is for sure using feedback loops. Um, I think that uh, I actually feel like I know another dude that we were talking about earlier, but I won't sure. bring his name into no. it. Please um, don't. And, uh, you know, it's just video, basically. It has to be interaction between the instructor and the student. And, they, and, then, and that has to be consistent, and it has to be fostered, and there has to be trust built. And I, I do see that happening. I don't know to the extent, you know, because I'm, sure. I'm, I'm just not involved with a lot of them. Right, so, that makes sense. All right, so then... <laughs> All right, cool. So then uh, I think then, so the feedback loop you, you've described, uh, I, I want to really focus on the learning style. So there's three major learning styles. I'm sure everybody knows that, but for the point of the debate, I want to bring them up. Visual, audio, tactile. Visual, yeah. visual and audio can be addressed. And I had a big aha moment on this. We'll talk about in final thoughts uh, with teaching. That's made a huge difference for me hitting all learning styles. But in this situation, let's talk about the tactile thing so the example i always use is if an online coach teaches you how to do a deadlift people everybody assumes are doing things correctly usually not all people most people assume i don't want to use a blanket statement here so don't call me on that pretty close let me digress and say a lot of people assume they're doing something correctly i get it all the time i'm sure you do too i coach boxing and kickboxing and i say keep your hands up like my hands are up and they may as well be undoing their belt their hands are not up right but they think they think they are because i don't know what their definition of up is i actually had a client when i said bring your hands closer together so he brought his hands closer but his <laughs> elbows further i'm like no i mean like your whole structure right so yeah. so without the tactile feedback as you mentioned i think there is a huge um issue with this and that's why i made the topic specifically martial arts and not online learning in general, because there's some negatives to that as well. But the tactile portion, I think, is the second most dangerous part of this, is that people assume competence when they are not competent. Go Absolutely. I, yeah. I, I will not dispute that at all. I've run into it, as you mentioned. Um, but I feel like, it, you know, when, when I think that what, what I see happening as a industry, though, Mm -hmm. Is that you? A teacher has to. A teacher actually has to be able to assume more responsibility. Right. They have to be able to communicate, to bring the wall closer together. Right. Right. And that means uh, I don't have to touch somebody to do that. 
Sure. Okay. I just have to be able to tell them, and then they have to be able to work enough to do that. Mm -hmm. so, so to me, that isn't an issue um, that I've discovered in this. I, I feel like when I when I watch what's out there, um, I I I hear people reject the notion of learning via video, right. and that they'll turn around and say you shouldn't put X Y Z on the internet because people will steal it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which freaking is it? And right. and um, um, oh, interesting. So you're, you're pointing out a hypocrisy in how people are pitches. They're saying you can't learn online, but also don't put things online or they'll steal it. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, keep going with that. It's an interesting point. Well, I I've run into it several times, and we did a whole thread on uh, the Human Protection Collaborative about it, where oh, there was okay. groups of people talking about this and. There were actually quite a few people in the industry who said, no, you can learn via video. And then there were people who, of course, classic, no, you can't. And um, the consensus never happened. Right. Um, and I, my impression is that it has a little bit more to do with ego than it does reality. Right. But it's completely just my perception of the conversation. The, the conversation about... Um, you know, you bring up points like, well, if people can't do it online, then I can show whatever the hell I want to show online. Mm -hmm. And it shouldn't matter. There's no secret um, Bak Shaolin Ji Chung Fu yeah. master secret that I can't show because it doesn't matter. Right. Well, Interesting. visually, that's not the case. I mean, even supposedly the Wing Chun founder watched a crane and a whatever. Yeah, right, right, sure. Right? She didn't interact with them, supposedly. Right. So since the beginning of time, visual learners, you know, audible learners have been able to learn by looking at stuff. Yeah, sure. Uh, yes, tactically, I think that definitely have to have you definitely have to have that in place. But the difference isn't that, to me, the issue isn't that I have to touch you to move you into the right place. Sure. Yep. You have to feel what it's like to do it incorrectly. Mm -hmm. And that, that feedback is being provided by a training partner. And I know that the two or three people that I can think of off the top of my head who also do online training, again, it's not the industry. I don't, I don't know. Sure. Now yeah. I look at Taekwondo. Okay. Um, they are requiring you to have training partners. Um, I, I don't think it's possible without training partners. Then you're just mimicking movement. But do you think two, un it's kind of the blind leading the blind, don't you think? Like two untrained people trying to suss out training, that's, that's literally the blind leading the blind. So what do you, what do you think on that? Um, I think that's particularly valid in, in, in many ways. But what you... What it comes down to again is the instructor's ability to communicate, right? I, I demonstrate on video as uh, rhetorically, I demonstrate on video something. I expect them to do their best to mirror that. Mm -hmm. They mirror it or they don't. Mm -hmm. They don't, you know, X, Y, Z happens, whatever they fail, they get hit, whatever, whatever the thing is. Right. Um, that's a feedback. I also, um suspect that most teachers out there want to see them on video doing it yes uh, i don't know anybody who 
within the industry would certify somebody without visually watching them. Sure, that makes sense. Somebody out there, but that's yeah. not me. And yeah. I don't know anybody. And so uh, if that is the case, then you have this feedback loop. It just takes longer right. and it takes more diligence on both the instructor and the, and the person yep. practicing. That was another one of my points, actually, is that it's a, it's a, it's a, it takes longer to transmit the information. But let's, let's move on to the thing you said was- yeah, you that's, know, not, that's not, not an issue of possibility. That's true. Uh, so I agree with that. So we'll, we'll, we'll just strike that from the record. But I think I want to point out what you just said about you don't think or you don't know anybody that's certifying people without seeing them. There are 100% people doing adult certification. Now, this this is where- That's this, and they shouldn't. I 100% agree with that, but that's still my point is people are. So when we when we come to this, it comes to a it comes to an ethical barrier for me personally when it comes yeah. to this and especially for this point, but both personally and for this but point. That's is, not really an issue in the discussion. It is because I'm all, give me a second. All right. People are releasing online courses and again I'm talking about the industry. People are talking about online courses and they're certifying people. It's studies have shown consistently people perform less when doing online versus not doing online. So people know that people aren't going to, they're not going to dedicate to it. They're going to drop out and they're grabbing this money. If you're doing martial arts for an ethical reason, i.e. trying to make people stronger and better, this is the worst model for that. Sure, but that's, ethics were not part of the discussion. Uh, yeah, I don't know, viable for martial arts. Okay, that's topically, fair. Topically, it was, is it a viable method? Right. Okay, fair enough. So then I will go to, as a viable method, do you think, so what about uh, viable method? Now I'm going to switch a little bit. What about the liability of the coach? You live in a place where the laws are different than my laws. And if you teach something in an online course, what are your, is it viable for you as a business? What if we sue you? What if something goes wrong? What if you get called up in a court case? What do you think about those issues? I mean, I think those are, again, peripheral to the, nature of the actual discussion. I don't think but, so because viable is if I if you get students shut down, online training is not viable. It's not yeah, a viable I, option. What is the question though? The question it, was, is it possible to learn martial arts online? Uh maybe you're right. Let me double check. Anyways, you can but, do I don't actually disagree with the question. I feel like it's off topic, but uh, but yes, Okay. All right, then I'll, um, go, then, I'll, then I'll go back to this. Uh, most people who take online courses are do worse than people who don't take online courses. That 100% is on topic. What do you think about that? Uh, do worse in what capacity? In, in, in the field they are studying. And this is across the board through education, physicality, etc. Both Harvard and Stanford have confirmed that people that do online courses with the current environment perform worse than people who do traditional tr traditional learning methods. Oh, I would agree. Okay, so that makes it not viable to me then. Well, I think that depends on, again, what you're trying to accomplish with it. Like, okay. you know, to me, the doing worse would have to be defined in what context. Are they less able to defend themselves? We don't, we didn't really even define what martial arts means in this context. Are we talking sure. type G? Are we talking fucking urban combatives. I well, mean, you, like, you, you need to pick a side. First, you're arguing your own personal experience. And no. Now you're arguing literally things outside of your experience. Well, because I was told I can't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, but I, 
I, it, to me, this is the dilemma, right? There's, sure. it, it is not, it is not a, it is no, you can't, and yes, you can. I feel from my perspective that there is a difference in complexity of martial arts. Sure. You, you have martial arts that rely on the death touch at sure. certain angles, times of the days, and you have martial arts. All right, time is up, Sean. That's it. Excellent debate. Uh, I think, yeah, very good keeping it on topic. So we are going to keep talking. That's the final thoughts portion. So we are now, after this, after we do the promo train for Sean, we're going to go to the Patreon site. We're going to do final thoughts, which is Sean and I coming back together, and we'll do the promo in a second. So I want you all to know that we're definitely going to be continuing this conversation because there's a lot of things that were unclear and a lot of a lot of the end of the argument was obfuscating like trying to stay on topic which was great but there's other things we need to discuss but on the final thoughts it is no longer the debate format it's us actually coming back together so we start as friends and we leave as friends sean why don't you tell people about the book you just showed us sorry <laughs> broken rule and no, that's why uh, actually this is my uh the second book for gorilla self-protection and uh, a guerrilla guide to avoiding sexual violence, basically. It uh, covers, uh, it's a good starting reference point. It goes through everything from um, how to work with children to um, adults. There's true stories in it, um, uh, true accounts of people's abuse and creepers and everything. So we, I kind of try to address everything. I break it up a little bit by age group because there's different different issues for each age group. Um, and, um, you know, throw in tips, do the workbook thing, try to get people to logically think through what they're willing and unwilling to do and what that means and uh, everything from stats which will be outdated next year but sure to give people a context of the who what where when why then through the steps of prevention uh preparation survival and restoration a little bit awesome. um so yeah it's pretty good it's so far meeting with good uh direct reviews from people cool amazon reviews are like uh Right. So if you get the if you get the book and you can get the book on Amazon, yes, Sean? Yes. You get the book, buy it on Amazon, and then leave a review. It's it's like pulling teeth to get reviews out of people. There's a ton of people putting out amazing content. It takes two seconds. I liked it, I hate it. Give it an honest review. Tell it's something, right? Yeah, that's all I'm asking for is honest reviews. People are like writing me and telling me, Oh my god, I love it. But it's like, yeah, just just say that on Amazon. Don't tell me again. Just put it out there. Exactly. We're trying to spread the word here. That makes sense. All right, Sean, where can they find you online? Do you have an online presence? Do you have a website? Do you have social media you want them to know about? Yeah, Instagram, the Gorilla Guru, and um, Facebook, Gorilla Self-Protection. I have a website, GorillaCLot.com. Awesome. Cool. All right. Thanks, Sean. So thank you so much for doing this. This is the end of the free portion of the show. So if you enjoyed the debate, take the debate, form your own thoughts. That's the whole point of this. If you want to hear our actual thoughts, and mine have shifted since the last time me and Sean have talked, you need to jump on a Patreon. The $5 level gets you access to every single final thoughts we've ever done with every guest. So feel free to jump on Patreon. And if you don't, that's fine. I hope you enjoyed the show. Please feel free to subscribe and share.